Hello, everyone. It's Casey. And you know, when we've got some good new shit out, we need to tell you what it is. And we have listened to all of your wants and desires and put together the ultimate question dissection bundle. We know how much you guys love the question dissections. We are with you for two hours. We break down 50 questions and really dissect them and work through them with you. So we had five of them, 10 hours long, 250 questions with Liat and I breaking that shit down. We put it all together in one ultimate bundle so you can watch that shit on your own time, pause it, take your own score and data, and it's 250 mock questions that are super hard and we break them down with you. They're funny, they're relatable, they're awesome. So go head over to www.studynotesaba.com and look under question dissection under the shop and get the ultimate bundle. You will not regret it. Love you. Mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X-rated way. It's behavior, bitches. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. And we are back with episode 104. Casey, what do you have for us for 104? All right. So, you know, guys, it's getting really hard to keep up with these rhymes, but I'm, uh, you know, I think I have a good one. 104, being authentic to your core. There you go. Boom. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Mic drop if the mic drop wasn't set in place already, you know? (laughs) Yes. Anyways, Casey, before we get started with anything, I really think since – you know, it's definitely – we're trying to get into the habit of podcasting again, and it's definitely something that does take some, you know, getting into, but I think we need that reinforcement to get started. So can you give us some something nice that someone has to say about us? And if it's not nice, please don't say it at all. <laughs> so I was actually telling the ladies before um, that typically I kind of look right in the first second when we start the podcast, and I forget about it, and I – have seen a couple, not, I mean, some people are just rude. Um, Everyone's going through shit in their life and being consistent with a podcast that is not your actual job is really, really hard, especially when you're struggling with anxiety and infertility and needing butthole surgery, which I'm sure I'll talk about today. And Leon having a baby and going through postpartum. I mean, life plus our job. So again, if you don't have anything nice to say. So if you wrote that inconsistent (laughs) message, yeah. Hope you feel good about it now. Okay. Her (laughs) butthole hurts. So I antecedently, instead of looking it up now, I went through them before so I could face that feeling of like, oh, another like bad review, but we have a ton of good ones and the good ones way outweigh the bad ones. So anyways, I couldn't even, I had so many to pick, so I can't wait to keep reading them throughout the next podcast. This one comes in from Kim underscore Chi, best podcast I've listened to. Hey guys, I started listening to your podcast because my coworker suggested listening to your show for my unrestricted hours. I fell in love from the first show, and I've watched all of your episodes. I don't even watch it for my unrestricted hours. I just genuinely love your podcast. Also, love you guys because you're real, raw, relatable, entertaining, knowledgeable, different, and amazing. And your guest stars and topics are all super cool. Hashtag will tune in every Monday. Well, Kim, now it's every other Monday, but hopefully you still give us five stars and love us. So thank you so much, Kim, for that review. It means so much to us and keeps us going. Thank you so much. And I'm cracking up, Casey. Uh, how, by the way, Casey is the most, um, like, you will know anything. I don't know what the word is. Oh, like, or, I wear everything like, on my sleeve. Like, insanely. Like, everything will be like, yeah, it's not that I'm upset about that review, except that one that there was something about us not being consistent. And oh my God, not consistent. Well, listen to this. I'm going through infertility and my butthole hurts. <laughs> and so I hope that you feel like absolute balls. Oh, and by the way, in case we forgot to make you feel any more upset for leaving a bad review, I had to get the end of my finger rechopped off again. So please keep that in mind when leaving us negative reviews. You know that saying, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. Yes. So anyways, let's catch them up on a few things before we bring our guest on because we have so much to talk about. We're so excited. But what is going on with you? You got your fingertip. It's literally our new show. We think we're going to change the name to Bitches Get Stitches because Liat just had the end of her fingertip that's already amputated, cut off even more because there was an infection in it, right? 
Yeah, and it was like never healed properly. And it was actually so, you know, I had three fingertips that are amputated. They were able to save some of the other funger fungers. They are <laughs> fucking funger. It's like a mix of like a fucking <laughs> finger. <laughs> That's like totally what mine are. Um, but one of them like always just still had like kind of like a scab on the end. And I just assumed that was my normal because I don't get blood. So I was like, okay, this is just like what the healing on my middle finger looks like. And so I would always contact my rheumatologist being like, oh, it's infected again. Can like you prescribe me dioxacillin or whatever it is. And and I kept getting on this antibiotic and Eliron was like, why don't you just call the plastic surgeon? And it was like so mind-blowing to me because I'm thinking like that was not even an option. Like that to me was like so 2016, that chapter of my life, getting them taken off by a plastic surgeon. Like I thought that's over with. Now I deal with what I have. And that was an example of Eliron being an amazing behavior analyst and taking a pragmatic approach. When I went to the surgeon, he was like, oh, yeah, it looks like we just – like there might have been a nail bed there, so it never healed properly. And I was like, oh, well, that's so good to know. And I never even – like that wasn't even an option in my mind. But anyway, so they chopped off a little more finger. Um, nothing dramatic anymore these days. But Casey and I are basically breaking apart. Um, I was joking. I'm like, wow, is this 34? Like what in the world? Shut the door, literally is what I want to say. <laughs> So uh, my story, so I had um, definitely irritable bowel syndrome forever, but um, never really. I just live with it and try to watch what I eat and whatever. Um, but recently I have, or probably like four months ago, I developed something and it's so gross. I barely even can't believe I'm telling you all this, but it was like an anal abscess. I don't know. And I was like, what in the world? Thought it was a hemorrhoid. It wasn't. Went to a doctor. We totally blamed it on Octavia. Octavia. Diet. <laughs> Octavia. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I'm eating a lot of soy on this new diet. And she's like, uh, no. So long story short, I've been, Matt and I have been in infertility treatments. And um, luckily, I think I'm checking out pretty well. Matt's got really, really shitty sperm. So he's got to go see a urologist. Um, and so they're now doing a colonoscopy to check me for Crohn's disease because um, my Nana had it really bad and I'm developing fistulas. So I need to have a surgery on Monday and, um, they're going to put a drain in for three months and see if it cures it. It's left less than a 50%, um, cure rate in patients with Crohn's. So I was like, can people just- We don't know if she has Crohn's yet. No, but it's pretty obvious, but they were like, it's only 60% uh, cured in people that don't have Crohn's. So it's not a great outlook, but any relief is relief. Hashtag negative reinforcement. I'm waiting for you on Monday. So pray for me and that it goes well and that I have to can stop living in horrible pain every single day um, and get back to the healthy Casey that I've always been. So, And also send a lot of good baby sperm prayers to us. Or sperm in a jar. Everyone, her address is <laughs> 75 Kenstock Way. If you just want to send a jar of sperm, no, preferably use like a baby food jar. I think it'd probably be most effective at keeping on that. And just some dry ice. Everyone send it to Casey's house. That'd be so amazing. No, I'm all set with that. Gag. Anyways, um, Matt would never allow that. I asked him that too. I'm like, would you ever do a sperm donor? He's like, never. I'm like, well, you better get your swimmers together. So, Well, I thought you wanted Elirons because Kobe's so cute. I do, actually. But all right, enough about that. It's time to get into <laughs> our topic of the day. Our guest is literally just like laughing at us because it's we're out of control. But we are so excited. We've talked to her a few times. She reached out a while ago. Um, I kind of want to, after I, actually, you know what? Before I introduce her, I want to share a part of her message that she sent us um, because I just love kind of where the connection came from. So this awesome lady was laying in bed having this full-blown conversation in her head about growth and acceptance in the BCBA career, her career. Um, and so she has been receiving a ton of Instagram messages from ABA students that have followed her journey through her YouTube channel, which you'll find out soon. And this made her realize that so many of the future BCBAs are stuck in a dated mindset of what an ABA path of career should look like. And her goal was to, or is to, authentically dismantle that myth through her vlogging and storytelling and being vulnerable and authentic, which is why I did the rhyme that day. I try to, or today, I always try to relate it to our guest. So she's reaching out to us um, because she wants, she saw that we were kind of doing our own off path um, of disseminating ABA and keeping it real and raw and authentic and trying to spread it to the masses. And 
if you know anything about our demographic is typically women ages like 25 to 35 currently, the ones that are our future BCBAs. So um, yeah. So that's I think one it's of the- to like 42 now. I don't want to correct you on air because I love to shine your crown, but I think it's the demographic when I looked at it last was 42. That's awesome. I love that. Um, we also need more men in the field. Men, if you're listening, um, I had an email from a man who was giving me stats about the percentage. I think it's 82% women. Um, so he was like, how can we get rid of this um, and change that up? So anyways, all right, I need to take a deep breath. And no, no, no. Third- I love the energy you're bringing today. I think it's it's great. Okay, cool. All right. So our guest today is Dominique Shorter-Taylor. Dominique Shorter-Taylor. It's hyphened. Okay. <laughs> she is a board-certified behavior analyst, a CEO of Shorter-Taylor Behavior Consulting, and co-founder of Beyond ABA LLC. Dom is most known for her YouTube channel, which this is, I watch her all the time, Dom the BCBA Mom, where she creates um, vivacious content on real-life situations as a BCBA, different career paths, and her unique journey as an autism mom. She received her certification from the Ch- Chicago School of Professional Psychology, a master's degree in clinical psychology in her hometown, Chicago, and she is a proud alumni of South Carolina State University, a historically black college and university. She is also an adjunct faculty and supervisor at Bay Path University. What? How do you do all this? Okay. She's been working with adults and children with autism and other neurological differences for 10 years. That's a long time. While working in the field of behavior analysis and navigating systems with her own child, she determined a need for accessible services specifically in communities that are traditionally underrepresented and underdeserved in the field of ABA. She's made it her mission to collaborate with other professionals and disseminate the benefits of ABA to all in need. She has been a presenter at the Women in Behavior Analyst Conference, WEBA, shout out, three years in a row in the areas of diversity, inclusion, and leadership. She has been invited to speak at UICF Bible College, Proviso Township Ministers Alliance, and interviewed on the AC Green Show 106.3, the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON, Gospel Radio, 1390. Um, I'm going to let her tell us a little bit more about herself when she comes on and all the like awesome things that she does when she's not BCBAing. Um, but welcome to the show, Dawn. Hi. Thank you for having me. We're so excited. And I was hoping you didn't read my whole bio. I was like, oh, no, just stop. I just, I hate when like the light <laughs> is shined on me. I'm like, just stop there. You got to live like, up to it. You got to live here. up to it now. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. And then I, I heard you say, uh, like, how are you doing all of this? And one of my videos that I posted on YouTube was how to earn six streams of income as a BCBA. So I just wanted to highlight that almost every BCBA I know has multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why do we do this to ourselves? It's like we get a new opportunity. We're like, oh, I'll do that. I think I can apply ABA to that. That will be fun. So that's me. I'm that girl. I do the most. I feel like that's a very um time to time. That's a kind of what do you call it? A typical characteristic Character of trait. a BC yeah, or of a BCBA, right? Like you go into this field yeah. and you realize that a lot of people that are out there that are BCBAs are just like you. Leah and I are the same way. We have like 75 plates spinning at all time and we're like, "Oh, let's club here, yes. let's do this." And I'm like, "Oh my god, sometimes it's so overwhelming. You just have to sit down and be like, what is most important, where our values really held, um, because sometimes it can get so overwhelming and you want to do everything, but Mm -hmm. it is hard out there. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right. So Dom, so first I think maybe talk to us a little bit about how you got into um, vlogging and maybe your path through that. Okay. Um, So I actually started my YouTube channel because I am an autism mom. So my son, he's 12 years old. Um, he's autistic. And what's his name? Even though his name is Christian. What's up, um, Christian? He usually pops in and does a cameo, but I locked the door. <laughs> you can let him in if you want. That's fine. <laughs> <It's not blocked>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, just so I can kind of have my time with you ladies. Um, but even though I was in the field, um, I wasn't a BCBA at the time. I was a level two behavior analyst here in Chicago and I've been in the field. I was, I started off as a QIDP, which is a social worker. So I've always worked with adults and children 
with um, dual diagnosis, autism, schizophrenia, you name it. Um, however, when I saw early signs in my son, I didn't jump on it as quickly as I probably should have because in my community, in the community that I grew up in, not you know specifically the Black community, um, it's not that popular to go out and get an autism diagnosis. It's not that popular to follow up with a neurologist. I didn't even know what a neurologist was or where I could find one. And um, a lot of individuals in my community were saying, no, he's fine. You'll be okay. Just just do this more. Take him to church more. You got to pray for him. He needs more whoopings. He just needs more discipline. Whatever the case was, anything aside from therapy, anything aside from a diagnosis. So even though I was in the field and I was in school, I was getting my master's at the time. Um, I think we were talking about this earlier. Matching law was definitely in place where my behavior flowed where the reinforce when the where the reinforcement was. Um, so my reinforcement was my community and my family. Those were the people that were helping me raise my son at the time. And if they weren't on board. I couldn't be on board because they're the ones that would have to take them to therapy, pick them up and, you know, just I would have to have that buy in. Um, so long story short, eventually I just I gave in. I found myself a, a community of people that I could talk to and I found other moms and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to just go ahead and get him assessed and, you know, just embrace what this journey is like, because until you embrace um a child being autistic or a family member, you are really trying to change who they are. You are trying to conform them to who you think they should be or the child you thought you should have. So within my journey, um, after we kind of got him straight and, you know, we were, we were doing well, I noticed there were some other women, some other moms in my community that were going through the same thing and they were seeing early signs and they were kind of rejecting it and, you know, just doing, I, I was just seeing like history repeat itself. And I'm like, nah, no, no, and no. Like this, um, there's not a change happening quick enough. So I started my channel because I wanted to show that having an autistic child is not a death sentence. It's not like a horrible thing. Like we, like I show us blogging mostly in the beginning, we have fun. Um, like he jumps and does cameos in my videos and just going to therapy and music therapy and just, you know, just, I started with showing videos of like, how can you use positive reinforcement? What's the difference between positive and negative? You know, if you are always praising your child, but they rather you leave them alone, this is why that behavior is not changing. Right. So I started doing that. And then during the pandemic, I dropped the video on how to pass your BCBA exam on the first try. So I am a first time passing whoop, whoop. test taker, right? Mm -hmm. whoop, whoop, right? Yep. By the grace Loving of God. It. Oh, good Lord. I know. So, <laughs> so that's the first real um, video that I put out that was for my ABA community. And the reason that I hadn't tailored my videos to my ABA community in the beginning is because honestly, I didn't feel that I was worthy, even though I was a BCBA, I didn't feel that I was worthy to talk to other BCBAs because this field will eat you up and spit you, you up out. and spit you out if mm -hmm. you are not articulate, if you don't have data driven research, if you you say data instead of data, data. and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't need that smoke right now. So I'm just going to talk to my parents. I'm going to talk to my community. But when I first dropped that video, that's when things like started to shift for Dom, the BCBA mom. And a lot of young aspiring BCBAs in the field, students, RBTs, um, people that were still trying to pass their BCBA exam, they're like, Dom, oh my gosh, where have you been? I love this content. Please start making more. And honestly, the reason, another reason that I didn't feel um, like I should be speaking to the masses of ABA is because I didn't know or see anyone that looked like me that was on YouTube, that had a podcast that, you know, pretty much even had any research out there almost like there, there are a few, but there are not a lot of us. So 
being the only one, it's like very, you know, I, I was very nervous to put myself out there and to be vulnerable so that people can like rip my stuff to shreds. But, you know, I embrace being authentic and my videos are silly. They are not serious at all. Like I incorporate blogging and I incorporate just who I am. Um, and it got a lot of traction of just regular ass women saying, oh my gosh, I was thinking about getting into the ABA field. And now like you've inspired me to get into this field because you look like me or I do that too. Or I was a single mom as well. And I'm in school or just what, whatever your unique story is. Like we don't have to look a certain way, act a certain way you know, have data behind our name, you know, have all of these letters in order to be taken seriously. Because honestly, um, I like to say like, I'm a bomb ass BCBA and I don't go to my clients quoting, you know, ABA jargon or quoting articles. Like I'm very authentic and real and my clients love me. When I do parent training, you know, I come with my authentic self as a parent of a child with autism um, and that's really is what what gets what makes those connections and what kind of just bridges the gap between um, just those who are not in the field, but could use this information, could benefit from ABA and us. Because, you know, it's like preaching to the choir. If you're only talking in behavior jargon, if you're only, you know, well, I reached, I looked at this article and da, da, da. I'm like, articles are great. I get it. They keep the science going and we definitely need that. But we also need people who can build public relations with the masses and touch the people who are not in the field and bring them to the field. Yes. So we can diversify the field and make it just more authentic. Mm -hmm. I love everything that you just said. And <laughs> it's so true. And that's what we try to do here as well and get as many yes, um, you do. different um, topics and people on the show that are doing awesome things in the field and showcasing them. Um, and it is so important and to not have, um, I mean, and I know we always say this, like, I know when we started this podcast, we got a ton of like flack from the older people in the field and who are these girls doing this? Um, and I was always just like, oh my God, maybe this isn't it. But I knew in my heart that what we were trying to do was, like you said, like open it, spread it to the masses, get people excited about the field again and fired up and wanting to. Yes. You, didn't, you didn't have a choice to, <laughs> to have your heart think anything because <laughs> I was like, I don't give a shit. We're doing this. Casey, you're in for it. Are you in or are you in? We're doing yeah, it. No option. I mean, yeah. N no option. No matter. But I get it. Like I was scared too. Like you were to put yourself out there, and you were you're, were young females. You're black. Yes. I'm white. Like you know, you clearly it's like way less representation in the field. So putting yourself out there and at the risk of being chewed up and spit out, as we are typically mm -hmm. in our field job as in general. So yeah, kudos to you. And I love all the stuff that you have done. Um, it's really truly Thank amazing. Um, I love watching your TikToks and like your like day in the life of Dom. Like where I just, you show like such a real side of it. Like, well, first of all, real meaning like, I don't know how you get dressed every day. Like you look amazing. I'm in like, <laughs> I'm like, what, how does, how did she do this? Well, low key in, in my former life, I was a fashion designer and hopefully like when I retire, I want to have like a little boutique where I make like little baby clothes or, like boy, boy clothes, like for because it's so hard to shop for boys. I have two boys and I'm just I like know. really, really into fashion. So um, it, it really is, right? I'm like, all, all the girl clothes are just so cute. They're just like readily available. I spend more money um, on like my niece's clothes because there's just so much more yes. fun girl stuff than like the yes. only thing you could have cute for boys. I was telling Casey the other day is like, like a band shirt, even though it's like bands, I don't know. Like I don't know one Pink like Floyd. Pink song. Floyd. <laughs> yeah, but like it at least looks like hip. Yeah. Hello everyone. It's Casey. And you know, when we've got some good new shit out, we need to tell you what it is. And we have listened to all of your wants and desires and put together the ultimate question dissection bundle. 
We know how much you guys love the question dissections. We are with you for two hours. We break down 50 questions and really dissect them and work through them with you. So we had five of them, 10 hours long, 250 questions with Liat and I breaking that shit down. We put it all together in one ultimate bundle so you can watch that shit on your own time, pause it, take your own score and data, and it's 250 mock questions that are super hard and we break them down with you. They're funny, they're relatable, they're awesome. So go head over to www.studynotesaba.com and look under question dissection under the shop and get the ultimate bundle. You will not regret it. Love you, mean it. Okay, but I want to go back to what you said in the beginning. Um, you had said that, take it you back. know, t- take it back. Yeah. So you had mentioned that <laughs> you were getting help from your family, at least in like raising your son. Because you were a young mom, yes. right? Sorry, you were a young mom. Yes. I got, I had my son going into my senior year of undergrad. So my, and I went to school on a band scholarship. So I played the trombone for four years in high school and four years in college. So this one time at band camp, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. Band camp. Um, but in order to keep my scholarship, I, I had to march. I was in the marching band. I don't know if you guys know about HBCU marching bands, but it is legit. Like we are athletes. We practice every single day. We travel every weekend. It's a, it's, yeah, you have to watch a video. Yeah, that's awesome. It's real out here in these streets. That's a super fun fact about you, though. I love that fact. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of people don't know that. So I had my son my, my whole senior year. And so then we moved back to Chicago because you know, I needed help. I know that I, I knew I wanted to go and get my graduate degree. I wanted to go to grad school because um, honestly, I didn't want to be a part of that stigma of, oh, you're just a young mom or a single mom or a teenage mom, even though I was 21. Um, so I was like, well, what can I do to, you know, get me out of this mindset that I am less than? So I was like, well, let me just go back and get my master's really quickly. And then that's really where it starts you know, let me get all these jobs. Like, let me just overcompensate for what I thought was a huge barrier in my life, which was, you know, getting pregnant young. So when I moved back home, you know, my dad, my stepmom, um, my sister, my grandmother, they they all play a significant role in helping me raise my son because I was getting my master's. I was working two jobs at the time. And I knew that I wanted him to have a stable life. So I couldn't do it all. And I had to relay really heavily on what they thought was right. So if they said he eats this, he ate that. If they said he did this, you know, we, I just, I was still a child as well. I was still living with my parents. So we were all raising him and I just kind of had to go with the flow. So that's, that's what I want to ask you about. You were saying in your community, I mean, I don't think anyone is necessarily like dying to get a a diagnosis necessarily of any or hearing anything is different about your child, right? But you were yes. saying like in your community, are you saying like in your black community, in your like in like your church community, like what is it where it was like like no, we don't go looking for diagnoses. Mm. So that's a good question. Um so I like to call it there's a black culture but then there are subcultures within a black culture. So not only am I, so I can't speak for all black people and all black families. I've worked with black families who were like at the first sign of early signs of autism, they go and they get a neurologist right away. They've been in ABA since two and three early intervention. But for my specific subculture, we grew up heavily in the church. Yes. And then um, my dad is real old school. Like his family is from, Alabama and Mississippi. And he has that mindset of like, my dad still will not go to therapy. He barely wants to go to the doctor. Like we, there's a lot of mistrust when it comes to doctors and physicians and especially um, diagnosis that you can't see. So if someone says that you have diabetes or that you need to get 
um, you need to be in a wheelchair. Like you can see that, you can feel it, but something like autism or like mental health, people can't see that. Yeah. Or, or right. Mental health in general, it's not as tangible or it's not as overt. So it's, it's easily misdiagnosed, especially in the black community, especially when you um, may not have the best insurance at the time where a doctor may mention it, but they're not going to follow up. They're not going to give you all of these referrals. You know, it's like, yeah, we may see some things. Here's a number. Then go about your business. So without having the proper support of no other Black clinicians in my life, I didn't know any other Black BCBAs. Um, and all of the white BCBAs that I knew, I didn't feel comfortable or vulnerable enough to say, this is what I'm going through. So I was in a place of feeling like, I don't know what to do right now, but to lean on my support system. And at the time, you know, Christian's grand, not, not all of his grandparents. He had two grandmothers who happened to be in the field. My mom was a social worker all of her life. And his grandmother was a, um, nurse. So she's a, um, a nurse in the OR. And those were those two kind of saving graces of this could be true. It wasn't like they were like, absolutely get everything you need. They just had a little bit of that philosophical doubt. Like, mm, let's just look into it. It's okay to look at And I just needed permission from mm -hmm. someone in my village to say, let's just look into it. And then from there, I found a community of other moms and then it just kept growing. And then it just, it felt more, I just felt more supportive. Um, not to say that the, the men in his life or the grandparents or the dad in his life were wrong. They were just conditioned to do the things that kept them safe in the past. So if you are a black man growing up in Chicago, you have enough shit to deal with. Like, Really? So you don't want to go around with another stamp up. And by the way, I am neurodivergent and I need some accommodations. And people are like, so what? Like, man up. So I, I had, it, was just, it was just a lot going on. And we just kind of dealt with it the way we knew how um, until my sister was the one who said, um, Dom, I'm going to just be honest with you. And she knew that I was a therapist. I was literally killing it with my clients. I was a, I've always been a great therapist. I've always just innately knew how to um, just meet my clients' needs. And she said, you can't be out here saving the world and you are pretty much neglecting your son's needs. Um, and I was like, damn, damn, that's how you feel? <laughs> right into your kitchen <laughs> <Right>. sink. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, that's what I needed because that was another person who just gave me permission to say, regardless, we're going to love him regardless. And I know you said, Leah, no one is going out there looking for that diagnosis. But for me, if you're seeing the signs, if you get the diagnosis, it is, although in the in the beginning, it can be daunting. It can, I, cry, I did cry. Absolutely, I cried when they got the school diagnosis. I cried when we got the medical diagnosis, even though I knew. But after a while, it was a like a weight lifted off my uh -huh. shoulder because it, um, it explained so much of his behavior that we were trying to, like I said, conform at some point. Like, why does he like to watch this movie over and over again and then rewind that part and laugh as if he didn't like see it just two <laughs> minutes ago? Like what 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 is this? Mm -hmm. Or just just little things about him. And instead of saying stop doing that, I can now advocate for him. So when other people are saying stop doing that and I can say, well I actually this is his specific interest. This is how you know, this is helping him. This is the function of this. And now I'm his biggest cheerleader. He can have a better quality of life, a happier life. He is like the happiest kid ever. He has this grandiose personality. And he's like, oh, everyone loves me. I have so many friends. I'm just, and you know, once you can finally be yourself yeah. without the ridicule of everyone telling you to stop doing that, because children with autism, especially in my community, can often get the um, label of you are being defiant, you're being bad, you are being um, like different or whatever. You don't follow, right? You don't follow instructions, or 
you know, he non-compliant. I hate that one. Non-compliant. I hate that one too. <laughs> we we have a family where you come in the house and you have to like hug everyone and kiss them. Like you have to go around and kiss all the aunties and give them a hug. He's not a hugger. He's not a kisser. But my compromise is okay. But it is disrespectful not to speak when you come into the house. So just come in, speak to everyone, give them a wave but you don't have to go around and hug and kiss everyone. And now it's my job to say, no, he's fine. He, he did wave. He acknowledged you. So um, there are some things within our culture and our subculture that we have to hold true to. Um, like for example, we go to church. Church can be very loud. Um, church can be very long, you know, just things like that. Um, or we are a loud family. When we get together, we, 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 we sing a lot. Um, so there are some things that we hold true to, but there are also some things that I have to advocate. Like he is an individual. These are his needs. And you may come in contact with this particular trait with someone else. So I'd rather equip you with whatever you need in order to have that acceptance for the next generation of autistic children that come into this black community because they cannot be themselves. Even their stimming looks different. So what do you mean by that? So I read this, this, I think it was like a meme on um, Facebook on one of my friends page. And it says, if we had more acceptance of autism in the black community, we would accept that stimming looks different. So for example, um, in the black community, you may see a lot of boys brushing their hair all day with a brush and it's to create like a certain wave of their hair. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a repetitive behavior. It could be a form of them self-stimulating, uh-huh. but they have to adjust it. So it is more tolerable um, or um, just like playing with your hair in a certain way. Or like for me personally, I sing a lot. So I sing all the time, whether I'm having music in my ears or I have I, when I first come in, I have to like turn on some type of music or turn on like something or like rapping some type of lyrics or singing some lyrics. Just um, certain things that are I, I wish I, I had the meme because like the examples were like spot on. Like, oh, black people do do that. Mm-hmm. Like, but if you are not given permission to be your true, autistic, authentic self, you have to kind of shape those behaviors to make them more palatable so that you are not getting picked on, so that you are not getting stigmatized in the classroom. Yeah, my um, so my growing up, my um, sister's best friend when they were like, God, 15, 14, like young, she had a baby um, and he was half black, half white, and um, she couldn't take care of him. And so my parents adopted him and my stepdad was black. And, um, I never knew this. Yeah, I know. I have a crazy I never knew this either. Yeah. So my, (laughs) and so, um, his name's Isaiah and he's now like 15 years old. Um, but he definitely, you could tell early on that he had something going on. And, um, my stepdad, you know, my mom would be like, Isaiah needs to go see a doctor. My stepdad was like, he's fine. Mm-hmm. The kid's fine. Like, just give him a whooping exactly where you said. I saw it all the time. I was like, he's like, my stepdad, mm-hmm. like, he was rough. And I'm like, Isaiah, would it, it was just because he was being different. And my, my stepdad was like, when we leave this house, mm-hmm. you do not, like, do that that arm flapping that you're doing at home. You can do that at home. Like, just like, he, you could see it, but it was not accepted. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until we got, like, his aunt and uncle involved and had a sit down with my stepdad. Because my stepdad was like, that was his baby, right? Like, his kids mm-hmm. were grown. Me and my sister were pretty grown. And um, it was his, he had had him since he was a baby. So, and my stepdad was old too. We're like, what? This is funny. It was cute. But Isaiah liked to wear the same green shirt and the same green hat and the same, uh, he would mm-hmm. carry Elmo. And he was getting to the point where he was like entering middle school and it, oh, it was ripped and tattered and he would not let you buy new ones. It had to be that one. He was outgrowing them. And I just remember like my, until the day I was like told my stepdad, I'm like, I'm like, Cliff, I'm like, this is Isaiah. Like I started getting into the field. So I had saying, he's like, call me and he'd be like, Casey, come help. Like come help with like a behavior plan or like how to get him to like have a, or I'm like, you guys got to keep him on a schedule. And like, he needs these certain things. And it was really cool to have that breakthrough with him where he accepted like, all right, fine. I'll let him wear. I'm like, don't have the power struggles. So he wants to wear the green shirt. He wants to wear the green shirt, clean it every day when he gets home from school and let him wear the green shirt. That's who Isaiah is. He's happy wearing that shirt. Um, but all your stories mm-hmm. are taking me way back to where, and I never thought of it then. Why? 
like I didn't know, but I, now mm-hmm. I get it. So thank you for sharing that. The one thing that you also mentioned when we were doing like, you know, talking before the show is you were saying you were talking about the repercussions. Like if there are specific behaviors, let's say if a black male child is engaging in a tantrum in the community that is potentially resulting in like, look, you need to hold him down as his mom or, or whatever it is to like, like it could look different than a white child having a tantrum in the community. And can you speak about that a little bit more? Because you were when you said that, I was like, wow. Like, yeah, so true. So it's that's perceived. actually yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't, and I don't want the listeners to think that you know, black parents just whoop their kids to get them in shape. Like, no. Um, and that that is it, it. It stems from something obviously deeper than that. But what what that says to me is like, just like you said, um, protection. If protect it's 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 order it's in order to keep them safe. So um I I know this um family where the mom is white, the son is black, he's adopted, and he has behaviors out in the community and he's getting bigger, he's getting really big, he's getting tall, and there is a there was a time where he was having a huge b- behavior in the community this predominantly white community where his mom cannot, you know, um, de-escalate. And the first thing they're going to think is who is this black man attacking this white woman? Oh yeah. So no one's going to come in and say, Oh wait, is he autistic? Mm -hmm. No, they're going to come in shooting. They're going to come in with their guns up. And if you don't teach your son compliance. I know we hate the word compliance. If you don't teach them how to regulate their voice, um, if you don't teach them when someone said, you know, how not to be defined, all of these things that we push against, when authority figures come, you can very well die. You could be thrown in jail. The situation, the the consequences are greater. Um, So when we put these restrictions on our little black boys, Honestly, it is to keep them safe because the world is not ready for an autistic man to be who he is. The world is not ready for a black man to be who he is, let alone a black man with, you know, neurological differences. So my husband and I differ in how we raise our son because my husband knows what it's like to be a black man. And he's he's old school as well. So he knows, like, you cannot go in public just talking to your teachers any kind of way. You can't yell at someone just because you can't understand how to, or you just can't understand that the tone of your voice is louder than baseline right now. Um, But in my mind, I'm like, well, he's just expressing himself. At least he's not doing this. At least like, at least we've shaped this behavior and at least it's a more appropriate than it, than it used to be. But in his mind, it's like, this will still get you in very great trouble. So we have to kind of find a medium ground. And that's really what I try to do with my business, um, Shorter Taylor Behavior Consulting. That's what I try to do when I do a lot of speaking engagements. I try to go to um, community, um, community outings and places where public um, elected officials are and police officers are. I like to go to the um, underserved community and, and, and schools. So I can disseminate what ABA is, what autism is, not just autism, but autism acceptance. Because when you come in contact with someone who is autistic, everyone, the first thing you're going to want to do is get them to conform. But if we can get everyone, like if I, and I, I like to work a lot with schools now, because you're going to spend seven days, five days a week with your teachers, with the admin staff who are suspending our, our our children and sending them home and giving them records. And if they know that this is something that we should be celebrating because they, you know, they think different. Like my son is brilliant. The way he just comes up with certain things. He's very talented. Um, he loves Michael Jackson. He knows the lyrics to everything. He knows, um, what is it called? The, um, the things that come af- after the movie. Oh, the, oh, um, I- Cat, credits, 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 credits. He he can tell you who's been in every movie. First move, first name, last name. 
like, did you know that Macaulay Calix, uh, uh, whatever his name from um, Home Alone, Macaulay, Macaulay, like, Macaulay yeah. Culkin. Macaulay, he'll name all facts about, and I'm just like, the way your mind works is yeah, brilliant. And if we can, yeah, if we can get everyone to a level, like we, we've grown leaps and bounds when it comes to acceptance of people who are different. Like we are not in institutions anymore. We are not mm -hmm. doing shock therapy. I hope you're not, but Hell no. we need to, <laughs> we need to do more integration to where, yes, you can go to the restaurant. And you can have a job at the restaurant. You can go to college because there are accommodations at the college. You can you can do whatever you want to do because there is a, another level of acceptance in society to where we're like, okay, mm -hmm. I see you. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to adjust a little bit. Well, and adjust the environment too to like yeah. support them. And just the environment. Yes, absolutely. So it's a it's it's a hard battle. It's a long battle and I may not see the fruits of my labor, but my, my goal is that he will, once he is a teenager or getting ready to have children, he is now being accepted. And when I, like I, I, I provide supervision and this is what I teach my supervisees. Is it on the task list? Maybe it is and maybe it isn't, but we are not doing, um, escape extinction procedures. We are not doing pun like I don't even touch punishment. Like we may identify what it is when I do these trainings. I'm like, you guys do enough punishment. Mm -hmm. Stop it with the punishment. Let's find opportunities for reinforcement and embrace who they are. Well, you know what? And that's like a perfect thing about punishment. When the giver of the punishment, they're actually, their behavior is negatively reinforced, right? Like that aversive, yeah. that tantrum is removed, which increases. It's taken away. Yeah. It incre yes. It's just like a parent, like when they spank or whatever, and it stops, it's like you add that punishment yes. and the kid is positively punished. But you, as the giver of it, you're like, ah, relief. They're not I doing it. We reinforce. And so that, of course, yep. that's that's human nature. You're going to do it more often in the future. So I get it. But it's like rewiring that and focusing on yes. the positives. I see my sister and mom all the time. My nephew is, he had a rough life. I mean, my sister and mom were heroin addicts. He got taken from them. Like he's, and he, he knows he was old enough to know. And he acts out all the time. And I see the way that they react towards him and it's punishment all the time. And when he comes with me mm -hmm. and he has those tantrums and those self-injurious behaviors, I just hug him, hold him and get him through it. I, there is no punishment at all. Like I just can't. And we talk about it after and he opens up on why he did it. And we have like lessons and then we go out and we do something in the fun, like exercise or nature where he can get that energy out in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to tell my mom and sister and they're just like, Nope, he just needs his spanking. I'm like, he's getting too old for a spanking. He's gonna whoop your ass. Like he's mm -hmm. 11 years old and he's 200 pounds. Like, so yeah, I, yeah. I agree with you teaching your supervisors that as well. That stop, get rid of that punishment. Like it's easy. That's why you're doing it. But it's, it's not easy. Worth it. Yes, yes. Well, the world in this field is lucky to have you and can please keep Thank up all you. your amazing TikTok and uh, YouTube videos because you are, you make me crack up. There's one also, you did the other day. who edits your videos? Like yes, I love all the Yes, that's a huge covers. question I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about, I was just talking to someone about that this morning. I edit my own videos, right? And I know I do too much, right? I like yeah, wear many hats. <laughs> but in the beginning, it was definitely um, like a self-care mechanism. It's like playing Tetris when you're editing a video. It's like, how can I get this part to fit with this part? And then just the way my mind goes, it, it, at first it was fun. And then I'm like, oh shit, now I have to edit videos and respond to comments and put up a thumbnail and then I, it was, it became too much. So now I'm like, how do I sustain this? Which is why I really started making TikToks because it kind of edits itself. It's shorter. And I was still able to get that reinforcer of content creating. So um, my background is in theater. Like I've always wanted okay, to. I've okay. 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 You play the trombone. You're in active. theater. You're a fashion designer. You're a BCBA. <laughs> like, in my uh, mind, video editor, designer. like, wait, not what? in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I am a creative. I you am are. a creative with amazing energy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so, I, everyone out there so, yeah. listening, go and you're going to find some 
super, super helpful and entertaining stuff that goes far beyond just the typical working with a client ABA. Um, she keeps it real of her day. Like, like we'll put it in the show notes. I'm I'm just going to read a few topics just so that you guys know what you'll find along on her channel on on her channel. Okay. So you'll have how to work with schools as a behavior analyst, setting work-life boundaries as an entrepreneur, how to slay your Zoom calls and sweats, BCBA style, major <laughs> keys to starting a private practice. Um, when did you meet your first black BCBA? Preparing for supervision, how to be a great supervisor, how to Those start an ABA company and why I started, how to make six streams of income as a BCBA, um, how to change your own behavior, interview tips to land the ABA job. Um, God, how we killing sh- it. Why BCBA should collaborate within the field. Uh, oh my God. There's how much money can a BCBA make? Everyone go look at that. That's cool. I like how uh, open you were in that video. You're like, no one wants to talk no, about no, it. I was terrified making that video. I'm like, they're going to like ding me. The BACB is going to be like, no, no, no. We cannot talk about <laughs> Big that. Fear <laughs> this one, becoming a BCBA from start to, vin- to finish. I've been saying we need videos like that. I was a little more vulnerable in that in that video where I'm like, yeah, here's my shitty past and how I created it. It's inspirational. That's relatable. And people need to hear that. I love the story too about you just saying what you said earlier that you didn't want to be a a statistic, a young mom, single. You wanted to do overcompensate, which is exactly yeah. what I've done from, I mean, Leah says my middle name should be overcompensate. Like That's I wanted to be weird. so different. We do. I wanted to be so different than my mom and my sister and my family that were like on drugs and alcohol that I was a psychopath in high school. I mean, if I didn't get straight A's, I was in honor society. I was president of students against destructive decisions, um, track team, head basketball, head varsity cheerleading coach, like, or varsity cheerleading. Like everything. What do you mean? More recently, like she's going through fertility stuff. She feels like she has to post every, how much she loves everyone else's baby. I'm like, bitch, you don't have to love oh. everyone else's baby. In the interim. So I'm like auntie for life. And I've got like all my friends, kids and my, my own niece and nephews. And so the other day I was like in my feels, and again, Leah says I can't hide anything. And I was like crying because my last friend oh. who was going through it with me got pregnant. And I'm like telling Matt, I'm all alone. And so I just start like, and I don't even realize this. Leah calls me out on it. I posted like, auntie's baby number one. And then the next story, auntie's baby number two. Love being an auntie. I love like all aunties. It was like baby like seven. And Leah texts me. She's like, you're, you're, you're going through something, right? I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, it's okay to not be okay when you're going through this. Mm, and I'm like, but I do love yeah. all the babies. She's like, I know you love all the babies, but you are overcompensating so hard right now to make yourself like feel something like, and it's so true. I over, but I've over, I've been an overcompensator my whole life. So I feel you where if I'm not doing the best and getting my master's and all this stuff, then I'm, I never wanted mm-hmm. to be associated with my, like that, like a, someone who's on drugs or alcohol or like, and so I just did everything I could to not be that statistic of someone who came from a broken home and had drug addict parents that I would follow that same pattern. So different than yours, but still I can see it. I can see you. I different, see you, but the same. <laughs> yeah. But I can see that probably in a lot of your listeners and a lot of my viewers, how they even get into ABA, right? Like no one just wakes up and like, oh, I'm going to be a BCBA when I grow up. Like, no, you have to like find this path of I'm not doing enough right now. Like, how can I do more? How can I, you know? And even when I posted the video, how to earn six streams of income as a BCBA, that is because I am a creative. And I actually, in that process, I lost my job. And I was starting my own business. And in the interim, I had no money. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, when you're starting a business, like you don't get reimbursed from insurance right away. So I was like a substitute teacher. (laughs) I was like volunteering at my church. I was just doing all the things. And I had to kind of go back and not recant, but I made like a follow-up video of like, if you are watching this and you're following my journey, only do the things that are aligned with your values. And I explained why I let my first business go because I felt like I had to overcompensate. Like I had to be this 
this business owner, that business owner. I had to be that BCBA. And now I'm the BCBA that takes breaks. Like I take full self-care days. Like when I go see my chiropractor um, and I'm just like, I'm just going to enjoy my 60 minute deep tissue massage and I'm going to have lunch and catch up with a girlfriend. Like I can do that because I've created this avenue of ABA for myself. Like I put in the work and now I take I, I take some days off and some days on, you know, so you don't, I don't want anyone to think like, this is the life consistently. We are like the grind you have to things. do yeah. unless, unless they bring you joy, unless like I'm the type of person I can't sit in the house for more than a day. I'm like, Oh, I just got to run the target. Yeah. <laughs> I got to do something. I got to, you know, so that's why I, I do, but they all bring me joy. But if you're just grinding, just because you feel like, you are not fulfilled or you're not enough. Like let's dismantle that myth because I mean, how are we going to present ourselves to our clients? Because however you are feeling about yourself, you're deflecting that on your clients. So you're coming into a session, like you're not speaking enough. You are doing this. You are not, you know, so like we have to be happy with ourselves. We have to be happy with, you know, the things that we have set in place for us in order for us to kind of, um, perpetuate that into the supervisees that we come in contact with and with our clients. I feel this in my heart of hearts right now. Liat and I are struggling with the same thing of like, we just uh, want to grind all the time. And we've gotten to a point now where it's okay to take yeah. some breaks, but then you feel so guilty that you're like, oh my God, yes. I'm just, and we're so tired. And I know we're not being our best yes. selves in st- places because we are just like so... Totally. Um, just like, you know, with adjusting to her being a mom and being like, it's okay to spend time with your kid and mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine. Like, it's okay. And not feeling like, oh my God, I like, I have to, like, I should be, we should be on Zoom and and doing projects and and meeting with people and blah, 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 blah. And like reading Cooper because we got to stay up for the fifth edition task list. And yes, but I love what you just say. Like, and it's then okay. comparison. Yeah. Comparison. Like I was on your site, study notes, ABA. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how do you find the time? Like you have a YouTube oh, and then you're like having all these CEUs, which I'm really excited. Yes. To Dom's going to be you, a by CEO the way. contributor. We're so excited. Yay. I'm excited about but that. You, you know, um, the that's because is, I love doing that. Yeah. But you also compare what happens is, is right. So like you look at our site and you're like, oh my God, they don't like, that's like years that's taken to make each thing. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and we compare and ourselves I, all the time I, to other and I'm people. And al- I'm always like, dude, there's so many things in my list and I get nothing done. Like, that's what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You move it to the next day. One of my things on my to-do list yes. is uh, items not finished. And I'm like, it's just getting longer and longer and longer. <laughs> I mean, my <laughs> daily stuff getting is getting done. But all the other stuff that you want to do that, like, lights you up is, like, push to the bottom because you're still trying to. And when, again, we built our own business, like, like you said, like mm-hmm. there's so much like you have to do. And it's nice to talk to people who say what you just said to us, because sometimes we're like, don't feel that. You know what I mean? And like, when we do yeah. meet with people and they're like, how do you have all this stuff? And it's like, sit back and be like, look at Leah. Like we actually have done a lot of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it's kind of nuts that it's just mainly been you and I for <laughs> this but we are developing a really good team so hopefully that takes time yes delegate delegate (laughs) all right don well i think that this was a great episode and i'm so pumped for it to drop on monday and um we'll put in the show notes guys where to find her but honestly if you just youtube dom the bcba mom she pops up very first she's got great seo so you'll see this beautiful face. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what she looks like, guys, you better tune in. Tune yeah, you in. too. <laughs> All right, Dom. Thank you so much for talking with us today. It has meant a lot. Thank Five you. real. Thank I you. I really enjoyed myself. This has been my self-care for the day. I love that. I love too. it. She said five real. I love five it. Real. <laughs> You know when something's just like so for real? Yeah. It's five real. It's five real. (laughs) Exactly. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on our website, BehaviorBitches.com. And as always, love ya. Mean it.
Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 